0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another Saturday episode of the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Today, I'm going to play an old live stream I did from a couple years ago with Pastor Kirby Tab where we talked about Nephilim. And uh, you might think, what does this have to do with prophecy? It doesn't really have anything to do with prophecy, but at the same time, I've been planning on um, covering this subject because if you really want to get to the full truth about the people of God. Most people always want to start with Israel, but the reality is it starts back even farther with Abel and then to Seth and the sons of God. And unfortunately, uh, many people have been led astray with the weird teaching about fallen angels intermingling with humans. And as a result of it, it kind of creates a big gap uh, when it comes to the subject of the people of God. And it is. it is just one more thing that is just uh, where bad theology has caused confusion for people. So I'm planning on uh, talking about Nephilim and all that foolishness in the near future, but I thought in the meantime, uh, I'll play an old episode for you uh, where uh, we debate the subject of Nephilim and the sons of God. So I hope you all enjoy this program. So thanks for watching.
1: Hello, I'm Pastor Tab with Open Door Baptist Church of Brighton, Tennessee, and i uh, here with Pastor McMurtry. Uh, discussing the giants of Genesis chapter 6, and we have uh, conflicting conclusions about uh, what uh, those giants are, or what, what made those giants, or what the sons of God are, and what the daughters of men are, I think. Uh, I think me and Pastor McMurtry would both agree that uh, any reference to a folk legend or archaeological findings or anything like that has no value in a conversation about giants and about scripture uh furthermore i i don't entertain any um i don't give any value to the book of enoch when it comes to a scriptural discussion Uh, any extra canonical book will not be used by me to advocate uh, what i believe the scriptures are revealing here Uh, it's been well and rightly said that truth is stranger than fiction so uh the bible's a strange enough book by itself without any fiction to be added to that so anyone familiar with this topic uh, at all uh would launch from genesis chapter 6 about the sons of god when they saw daughters of men and they co with women and the offspring of that was some giants now these guys are not good whatever came as a product of this union is not good. and uh, then folks would this is very very brief synopsis and very concise, but this is you're going to touch anyone that's advocating my state position is going to launch from Genesis 6 and connect that with the uh, with Jude where the with the angels that kept not their first estate and then they will uh, probably go to Job chapter one and chapter two and chapter 38 to show that, that that's not a flesh and blood human being, but they're called sons of God. And they say those were angels and and they'll go on from that. Now with that, I know that's very simplistic and uh, very basic, but that, uh, that state of position will get scrutinized. And uh, once it, it'll get scrutinized and it'll create a, a demand for more consideration uh, from from me, if, if someone challenges or critiques my state of position, uh, I will ca- give cause for me to you know, study more and consider if I have a point, uh, the point I think I do. And uh, I've tried to develop my critical thinking skills to a way where I, I've learned to critique my own state of position better than my opposition, or at least I try to. That's a military tactic. We added mm-hmm. our battalion back in the Army days, a long time ago, uh, in our uh, training center. Uh, we, the more we sweat in peace, the less we bleed in war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't do me any good, Pastor, to to straw man your arguments. Uh, we've mm-hmm. discussed that before. I'll try to steel man you. I'll mm-hmm. I'll try to. I don't, it it doesn't do me any good at all to build a scarecrow and then beat it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't do any, anyone else any good at all. But at the same time, um, I. I know that sometimes when we have a discussion like this, folks tend to, they'll, I don't want to do this, and please don't let me get away with this, and I'll hold you to the same standard I expect you to hold me to, is that sometimes we, we just talk so fast, and we throw so much scripture on something, it's like information overload, mm-hmm. and by the time a person, a third party, even processes what a person just said, this guy has has already quoted a dozen more scriptures or half a dozen more scriptures. And that's really uh, not a good way to deal with the topic. Sometimes you have to park and pause and really calculate. And we've come to different conclusions. We must examine one another's calculations. And it takes a little time to do that sometimes. So, uh, yeah, information overload. I want to be able to epistemically connect the dots at some point here to determine why we have come to different conclusions what someone got messed up with their calculation and uh, my concern of course me and you have talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, our differences and you know, what i would call for lack of a better term you can correct me for replacement theology and um my concern that i uh, expressed to you is that and this is where this topic came up. This is just one of the many. I said, mm-hmm. with your ideology and with your system of replacement theology, so many other things are tethered to that that have to meet the demands of your system, and you you, you find yourself conflating um the gospels, the 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 kingdom. Of, I mean, the gospel of the kingdom and in the gospel of uh, the grace of God, Paul's gospel. You'll find yourself when I say conflating, that's just putting everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll conflate the kingdoms, which that's these are all interesting topics of discussion that we could have some time possibly. But uh, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. That instead of rightly dividing them, mm-hmm. and of course, that's a big. Uh, that's a scripture reference, but that will always be used by a person that gives place to dispensational thought. But a lot of times, a, a dispensational guy, they'll they they speak of right division, but they rarely speak of ro- properly connecting scripture as well. That's just as important as rightly dividing as rightly connecting. And you have biblical mm-hmm. precedent for that, First Corinthians 2. But uh, also, your system demands that you conflate um, the physical and the spiritual as covenants, the Abrahamic covenant and the uh, Mosaic covenant and the new covenant. These things are somehow just kind of crammed together instead of having their their separate places and uh, even conflating the raptures <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where you see uh the same rapture, we're seeing different raptures. And I believe that's what the scriptures are revealing. And that's what led to this discussion. I said, you're also conflating the sons of God, of uh, uh, the Old Testament sons of God. And then somehow you'll go to Genesis chapter uh, no, I'm sorry, uh John chapter one, and you'll see sons of God there. And somehow, you know, I would I would charge you uh, with making a quantum leap of conjecture and reverse engineering the new Testament sons of God and enforcing it with a private interpretation upon, uh, Genesis chapter six. And those are some of the concerns that I've had with, um, that yet one thing I'm seeing, and I guess this is a good, good stopping place for me, but I'll, I will make a bold assertion. <laughs> Don't confuse my boldness mm-hmm. with arrogance. And just mm-hmm. because you're an opponent, of course, that's not, not to be confused with an enemy either. Mm-hmm. We're like, uh, you're my brother, but, um, with these things, all this conflation of, I- of ideas and just putting everything together, yet when it comes to sons of God, I believe you do that, instead of rightly give them their, their scriptural category. Yet when it comes to daughters of men, in Genesis chapter, um, perhaps uh, do as well to read the text, but it's Genesis chapter 6, where the sons of God saw the daughters of men made wise unto them. And uh, uh, those daughters of men, somehow you assign that to its own its own special category you don't conflate that uh, that's got a special category and it's um, is it seems to depict uh, a an ungodly lineage or something like that where it's lost humanity now uh, I uh, I'll make a bold assertion that, 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 and I, that everything with much consideration, Really, this whole argument hinges upon proper definition of sons of God and the proper definition, just as importantly, of daughters of men. That prepositional phrase of God or of men is everything. And I'll I'll assert with we can honestly, brother, we can go. I'm prepared to go as deep as necessary that we we probably go as deep as anyone would want to go with Mm -hmm. this topic. So everything I say when I make an assertion, a conclusion, there's a whole lot of calculation that is in a file that backs that up, that Mm -hmm. leads to that. And it's important to connect the dots. And I should be challenged to not get away with just throwing something out there, some kind of rhetoric or conjecture. But I'll just tell you my conclusion. Daughters of men are nothing more than than female humans Mm -hmm. and uh, so you can take your time honestly anyone can take their time to process what i've just said and sometimes that takes a little while it even takes longer than this video uh, but to take all the time i would challenge anyone to take all the time that you ever need to make daughters of men anything other than female human beings
0: Okay. Well, all right. Yes. So uh, I appreciate the this discussion. Um, This is one that I think we ought to be able to not get emotional about. People typically do get pretty emotional over this subject, but um, and it's one I I am passionate about. Um, It's one too that honestly I would prefer to kind of believe your way on this. I think it's the more interesting story, but I'm just not seeing it, and so. When it comes to some doctrines, you talked about piecing things together. I get real nervous when you don't really have one place you can go to in the Bible that clearly lays out a doctrine, and you got to piece little vague things here and there together to get to that. And I feel like that's what you have to do with the sons of God being uh, fallen angels. I, I really feel like you have to do that. And there are some vague scriptures that, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get brought up uh, in this. You know, you mentioned the angels that left their first estate. I mean, if I'm right, what does that mean? I'm not for sure. Now, I've got some guesses. But, you know, when it comes to those passages like that where I'm not real sure, I'm not going to build doctrines around that. And I feel like that's kind of happened with the sons of God um, argument. And so, for me, the reason I can't get fallen angels... From Genesis 6 is because there's absolutely nothing in the book of Genesis to give any indication at all that those were fallen angels so you think about when the book of Genesis was given it was given um, right before Moses um, passed on passed things over to Joshua right before they went to the promised land he's got the books of Genesis through Deuteronomy and obviously those stories have been around but uh, it's the first book of Moses and so There's nothing from Genesis to Deuteronomy. There's nothing in the scriptures that were given to the people at that time that would have given them any clue at all that the sons of God were angels. And and so my thing is I want to read this the way they would have read it back then in that day. And it's really interesting when you go through the book of Genesis kind of with that mindset. All right, pretend you're reading it right before you're uh, going into the promised land during that time and it it can it makes a lot of things make sense especially with the genealogies that you see in there i'm not going to go into all that but uh what i believe a son of god was in genesis is you know i believe it was a saved person and um i think you know one great example of that is you'll know, well, do we have an example in the bible of god referring to anyone from the book of genesis as the son of god and the truth is that we do in luke chapter 3 in verse 38 when it's going through the genealogies it mentions uh which was enos which was the or, uh, son of seth which was the son of adam which was the son of god and so adam there's no doubt He was, in fact, the son of God. But in the book of Genesis, we have Adam falling. We have the fall of man into sin. We have uh, Cain and Abel. And often when we... I I think a lot of people have kind of missed the boat when it comes to Genesis chapter 4. And you see the story of Cain and Abel where they're bringing their sacrifices to God. Now, what was going on there? One thing that we... Uh, fail to notice in the book of Genesis is God is looking for a man that He can start a nation with. God is looking for someone uh, that the that the seed that was promised in Genesis three is going to come from. When we look at the story of Cain and Abel, we make it exclusively about salvation. You know, Cain brought the fruit of the ground; Abel brought a blood sacrifice, and you know, a, and, and it is true. Abel was the one who was saved. He was the one who was of faith. Cain was not. But what happened when God accepted Abel instead of Cain, God was choosing Abel, I believe, that he was going to be the one that the seed was going to come from. And Cain was very wroth over this whole thing. In fact, uh, I need to I need turn over there, but if you go to Genesis chapter 4 and Cain is all upset, God said in verse 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So, you know, this is about who's going to be in charge. Because God's looking for someone that he's going to raise up his seed. And God chose Abel over Cain. And we know God chose Abel uh, because Abel was of faith. That's what God's always been looking for. But Cain, you know, killed the one who was of faith. And uh, you know Cain ends up becoming a vagabond and everything. So then we have Seth that comes. And Eve says, God hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew. God's still, they're thinking of that promise that he gave. And God is gonna fulfill that promise, uh, not through Cain, not through Abel now, because he's dead, but he's gonna fulfill it through Seth. And so we have the genealogies of Seth. Interestingly enough, when you go through the genealogies, first in chapter four, it goes through the uh, genealogies of Cain, and when we get to Lamech, who just happens to be what we could call the seventh from Adam. First thing we see, he marries two wives. First time we see that in the Bible, that was not a good thing. We also see um, that he had killed a man, and uh, you know this is the first recorded murder in the Bible since the murder of Abel, and then we not only see him kill somebody, but then, you know, he just kind of makes this declaration of Cain should be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech 70 and sevenfold. So I believe what we're seeing there, what God is showing us, is this is the beginning of the world becoming corrupt that's about to be filled with violence, and it started with Cain's line. A line that was cursed. A line that the ground God cursed the ground for for Cain and his line. But the Cain's line, they were uh, you know they they, they were a smart people. They were resourceful people. They were the ones that learned how to do music. They were the ones that learned how to work with metal. They were the ones that learned how to live in tents and to work with cattle and things. And so they're still prospering even though they've been cursed and the ground's not bringing forth but they are also a wicked people. And so when we go to chapter five, we have the line of Seth and sure enough, we get to the seventh from Adam and we have Enoch. Now Enoch, unlike Lamech, was someone who walked with God. God ended up taking him, but we also see that it was in Enoch's day that the Bible tells us that the world was filled with violence. You know, and we know, understand too, they were living hundreds of years during this time. And so there's a lot that could have happened just in the lifetime of Enoch. But I believe what we're seeing in chapter 4 and 5 is we're seeing the line of Seth, or the line of Cain in chapter 4. We're seeing where the world really starts going bad with them. In chapter 5, we see the line of Seth. We see Enoch, and then we also see where, uh, then when we get to chapter 6, we see where those two lines come together. I believe that's what's going on so we had the sons of god the line of seth you know you had those two uh during enos's day where men began to call on the lord i believe that was uh people being saved i believe that was a righteous group that was there but um yeah they they intermixed and when they did it ended up corrupting the entire earth to where god had to wipe it out and I believe, too, you know, the giants that are mentioned in there. Uh, I believe the whole point of mentioning the giants is because, you know, these were just an evil people. They were uh, a violent people. And everything that we see in Genesis chapter 6, it's all about violence. You know, the earth was corrupt. It was filled with violence. I believe these giants, they added to the violence. You know, but then you've got, uh, you know, those who are trying to fight. these. It was, there was just so much violence in the world that God finally had to to start all over. So that's what I'm seeing if I'm just reading the book of Genesis. I'm watching a godly line that God's been trying to raise up and I'm seeing an evil line that is cursed. And then in chapter six, I'm seeing them coming together which corrupts the whole human race and God's gotta start all over with Noah. And then we understand too, that got corrupt real fast too. God ends up choosing Abraham And then we see, uh, you know, Abraham was somebody that God knew. He was going to command his children. And, you know, we know the story. That's where the 12 tribes of Israel came from. That's where the Messiah came from. And eventually God was finally able to fulfill that promise of that seed that was going to come and that was going to take away the sin of the world. And just like Adam, uh, the first son of God, you know, brought death into the world. You know, Jesus the only begotten son of God, the last Adam, he brought life into the world. So, um, you know, that just said it it all fits with the story of God's plan. And so uh, adding a hybrid race of people in there, I, I just don't think that works. I don't think that's consistent with uh, what we see in the Bible how everything brings forth after his own kind we you know we see in the Bible too that angels they neither marry nor are given in marriage and that's how we're gonna be in the resurrection and so I just I can't imagine how these spiritual beings you know have the ability to procreate with man uh, there I, I to me there's there's no evidence that they have that ability that there's nothing that explicitly says that they can't but it definitely seems that they don't since that, you know, we're going to be like the angels in heaven. So, you know, obviously, I think there's, you know, I think what happens in Genesis, you know, the first 10 chapters of Genesis covers 2000 years of human history. Um, there's a lot of details that we don't know. And because of that there, you could say a lot of things are possible, but the possibility of something does not, you know, give credibility to the doctrine that these things did happen. And I just think this, this you know, human angel thing is a huge stretch. And as far as the daughters of men go, the sons of God and the daughters of men, okay? Uh, I Again, I believe sons of God to the save the daughters of men are just kind of women from the unregenerate world. I don't think that's a stretch because um, in, oh, I just, I just lost it. But we see in the New Testament, Something interesting that um, the apostle Paul said in First Corinthians seven twenty three. He says, "Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men." He's trying to show that you know, hey, we belong to God. You know, so don't be the servants of men. You know, but does, so does that mean we can't serve other Christians? It's clear what he's talking about. That you know, don't become a slave to the things of this world. You know, the people of this world. And uh, I don't believe that that servants of men is, is so much a reference to a race of people that we are a part of, but I think it's a reference to just a worldly system that we as Christians, as children of God, we are not a, we are not a part of, even though we're of the human race too. And so I believe the sons of God were definitely of the human race, but there was a distinction in them that God gave them because of their position in him because of their faith because they had called the Lord and um, and so I just from just Genesis I can't I just I can't make that work there's and, and I guess my you know my question to you you know is you know would you say and I'm not saying that this you know proves you wrong or anything but I mean is there anything or you don't you feel like you're dependent on going outside the Book of Genesis to prove that
1: those sons of God were angels? Well, the, to to make get closure with that, you would have to. But see, that's a common thing with scripture with anything. So that's right. there's no real problem. For example, I'll give you an example. Um, you a couple of things you had mentioned that uh, you know they. I don't believe that the women that were inhabited with those angels, it's a very big probability they did not know those were angels Hebrews chapter 13 says some of you have entertained angels unaware mm-hmm. you they're just men an angel will manifest itself 100% of the time as a man mm-hmm. so that's what that was going what was going on there you mentioned uh, angels don't marry Matthew 22 says that that's the angels in heaven because mm-hmm. they're all males they can't marry they're males uh, but these are fallen angels so mm-hmm. but yeah for example Pastor, you know, when you re- when you get into the scripture, like in the book of Numbers, you could not discern from the book of Numbers that Balaam. When you read about Balaam, man, mm-hmm. have you ever scratched your head just reading that the first few times? And say, man, is he a good guy or uh-huh. a bad guy? Yeah. Well, you don't know what he really is and how wicked that man is until you get to Second Peter, until mm-hmm. you get to the book of Jude, until you get to Revelation. He is incredibly wicked. But mm-hmm. you don't know that until the New Testament reveals that. See, the Old Testament is often concealed where the New Testament reveals. Uh, same thing with Lot. If you were to read Genesis, you could not get from Genesis that Lot mm-hmm. it was a righteous soul. You just right. couldn't do it. but you don't get see that until the New Testament in mm. Second Peter reveals that. Right. And likewise, likewise, you may scratch your head and say, "Man, what are these sons of God? I don't know." Okay, um, but when you get to the New Testament, it will clear. It don't call them sons of God; it calls them angels, and it's synced right up there with Moses. So mm. that, that that's not a problem that you can't get that just from Genesis. And you mentioned the genealogy. Um, Again, unless you challenge me on that, I will not take the time to to answer questions you're not asking. But again, that's a, a very everything's going to hinge on what these. see, the reason I said daughters of men because we, we a lot of us talk about sons of God, sons of God, sons of God. But if we can show what daughters of men are, the case is basically it's it's done, okay? It hinges upon who these daughters have been. And the thing about daughters of men, you won't find that phrase anywhere else in your Bible nowhere. Mm-hmm. You'll find one place that looks like it's almost close is in uh, Genesis chapter 24 with Rebecca, the servant of Isaac, said uh, he was waiting to see the daughters of the men, definite article, of the city to come out and draw water. But that's not daughters of men. But you know what mm-hmm. you'll find dozens and dozens of times? You'll find sons of men mm-hmm. in your Bible. Now that that prepositional phrase connects those with the male gender. And uh, every time you're going to find there's there is no doubt uh, we got a lot of scripture on that that will show clearly that uh, sons of men, daughters, of men, they're sons of Adam. See, they're, mm-hmm. they are. Uh, it is all of humanity, and the Bible makes that very, very clear. Uh, I, can I give you one one example? Mm-hmm. Just uh, I don't want to waste too much time, to yeah. overload. But if you go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two. Let me make sure I got the right. Uh, yeah. I think it's Deuteronomy 32. Not sure. Sons of men.
0: Uh a yeah. where you separated the Sons of
1: Adam. Uh, let me see. Let me make sure I gotta get my references right. I got a lot of notes to trigger my memory here. Um yeah, uh thirty-two-eight, sons of adam. Yeah, that's synonymous with all men. That's uh mm-hmm. uh uh, and see that there—I think that's one of the biggest things. And there's also a place. I mean, just uh, I, I've got so many references, and they're all. There's no way to equate that with anything else except all of humanity. He says in one place in uh, Proverbs eight thirty-one, he's uh, wisdom. The nation of wisdom is rejoicing in the habitable parts. That's all the parts of the earth, mm-hmm. the habitable parts of the earth, and my delights for with the sons of men. See. That's men who delighted in wisdom, and wisdom delighting in them It's reciprocal. Those aren't wicked, but they're sons of men. But Mm -hmm. how come if sons of men can be a delight to the Lord and delight in the things of God, how come daughters of men have to be of a wicked lineage? See, one thing that breaks the continuity that you're advocating about uh, the sons of of Cain, he does mention the lineage of Cain, and then going to the sons of Seth, is one thing breaks that, and that's Genesis chapter 6, Starting verse one, it goes back. See, it's mm-hmm. not it's not a continuation. It says, when men when did men begin to multiply? And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of mm-hmm. the earth, that the da- daughters were born unto them, and the sons of God saw the daughters of men. See, that's going to change a lot right there. That's a new genealogy. When we speak of violence, uh, the besetting sin of that day, and that that, that leads to a good observation question: that the besetting sin of that day was violence, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we think of that, especially as Americans who watch TV and video games and all that, you think of physical violence, but the context is not physical violence. It's emotional violence and genetic violence, violence uh, because it talks about the imagination of the thoughts of man or wicked and things like that. There's no reference to physical violence. That's something that we would have to insert upon the text. Mm -hmm. If that's, but it does uh, show and the violence that it's, the reason this subject is so important that is violence to the genetic makeup of man exactly and that see that's something pastor that's coming back that that this these guys have not gone away this this is something because we may not intuitively we may read a dozen times the book of genesis as we're reading through our bibles as new christians and we may not even give invest the energy to consider what the sons of god are but When you get to Matthew 24 and Luke 17, the Bible talks about the end times. Such as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when it comes. And what does he do? He goes right back to eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage. Now, why would we why would anybody think anything about that? People have always married and given into marriage and eat and drink and things like that. Well, he's talking about a different kind of marriage. And that's what he's, he's speaking of there. And that thing is, uh, that's a, that's a genetic monstrosity is what has happened. And, uh, no, these aren't just, um, I've heard it advocated. I don't know. If, I think you may have gave reference to this, that, the uh, mighty men of renown where did it say the same became mighty men Mm -hmm. uh men of old men of renown is that that's a i've heard it said that's a definition of the giants it's not giants in stature it's giants in adventure and notoriety and things like that no that's that's not a definition of the giants but that is a reputation gained by the giants um because the very first, the only time you see the word champion in your Bible has to do with a physical giant. It was strong and tall, his name was Goliath, hmm. and he is a mighty man of renown or a champion. That's, the very first, and that's a that's a description of the giants.
0: All right. well, the, yeah, and giants, the thing about giants though, they, they were always evil, they were always violent, and I do, I think that's why we have all the references to the giants in here, is I don't think it's so much that they were a result of this union between the sons of God. I think it's just mentioning the fact that they're there because of the, again, it, it, the focus of the chapter is the violence that's going on. Because it's, it's talking about men multiplying. So this is a good thing. This is what they're supposed to do. But what wasn't a good thing was all the violence and the killing that was going on. And, it, and so, um, you know, when it, it, when it says there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which old men of renown. It's just showing as the population is growing, you know, there's giants in the earth and there's violence breaking out. And the thing is, when you get to the post-flood uh, era, every giant that's ever mentioned, um, we have a genealogy associated with it. And they're always from the tribe of Ham um, every, every single time, every single giant. So the thing is, you know, and I, and, I'm, and maybe you do, you know, so do you believe this union happened again? Like, do you think Goliath was part angel or, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts
1: on that? He's, he's a product of the fallen angels. See, okay. uh, and, and when you say they're connected with Ham, right, you're right to, uh, note that and of course we know that ham's the setting sin was sexual sin we see that with Noah and all that right uh so yeah that's um but when i speak of violence again you know could you concede that there is other violence besides physical violence in other words there's um, violence, if you did a definition of it, it, an external intrusion that results in destruction or disarrangement of an established order, I'm advocating, and the Bible is, I believe, reveal, revealing later in the New Testament and the book of Daniel especially, that it's going to be a, a a disruption of genetic chromosomal violence of the makeup of a man making something that's not a man, it's not a person. Uh, it, when we speak of hybrid beings, and I, I know how hybrid things work, they don't produce exactly after their own habit, but they can produce, but you don't get the same thing. Of course, G- Goliath produced children. Uh, I think it's 1 uh, Chronicles chapter 20 you know, it says that, and it's kind of strange born of the mother. But, um, so these are giants, and and uh, these are some, these guys are something that's not a mortal, they're mortal. I think it's in, um, is it Psalm 82, where he speaks of them, whatever they are, you will die like men. In other mm. words, something that is not a man will die like a man. It's it, It's apparent that they lost their immortality when they did go after human flesh. So,
0: yeah, see, I, I don't see any evidence of the violence being associated with Genetic stuff. Now, I mean, it does talk about how the imagination of their th- heart was only evil continually. So, I mean, you know, I guarantee you there was a lot of sexual perversion going on during that time. I mean, we, that's, that's always been a thing. But, um, again, y- you have to just assume so much. You would never get this from reading Genesis through Deuteronomy. You would never get angels. You know, you, you see... Uh, violence violences and, and killing, bloodshed. You know, we have Cain who kills a man, and then we have his descendant, Lamech, who kills a man. And then when we get back in chapter 6, that violence is just growing to where it's just completely out of control. And it's just showing just the, the wickedness of man. And, you know, throughout our history, we've seen so much violence. And, you know, we've seen throughout all our history and even currently today, We've seen sexual perversion, but you know what we've never seen is, you know this, you know, it, it, you know mixing seed thing. And there's no way that's coming back. You know, even if it were a thing, and even if, even if you were right on Genesis six about this being angels and humans, you're dead wrong when it comes to uh, Jesus saying it's going to happen again based on as it was in the days of Noah. Now, that gets used all the time. But if you want to know what as in the days of Noah means, I, it's it's really clear when you go in uh, Luke, and uh, Luke's account of it, where he's telling people, you know, if anyone comes in my name, say, go here, you know, don't believe him. And he's talking about his return. He says, for his lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven, shineth other part under heaven so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be in that day. But he must first suffer many things and be rejected of this generation, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Okay, so what what does that mean? Well, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. When Jesus Christ returns, like in the days of Noah, as soon as they got in the ark, you know, and the the same day the floods came and destroyed them all. When Jesus Christ returns, the same day, judgment is going to fall. That's what as in the days of Noah means. It just means the same day he shows up is the same day that judgment is going to fall. It's not it's not teaching that we're going to go back to that. and and here's another thing too. You know, how could you believe in a coming again of the Nephilim and yet still believe in an imminent rapture? Because something like that's gonna take decades. It's gonna take a generation and you know and we're not seeing anything like that today. And obviously too, you know if if you guys are right on this, I mean we should be seeing some you know uh, giants that surpass the giants we have today. you know I think you know if you had a race of people, that were all the size of Shaquille O'Neal, I think we call them giants. You know, uh, I don't think the giants were this supernatural height or anything like that that some people believe. I think they were just – I think they were people who were like the cedars. And if you look at a cedar tree in the midst of a forest, it just stands out. Um, I don't believe they were as tall as cedars. I just believe they – but if a, if a giant was standing in a crowd of people – they're going to stand out like a cedar tree does in a forest and um you know we're not even close to seeing that yet so i guess you know how do you reconcile that with a with an imminent rapture
1: i can i'll answer that but i want a couple of quick things just to pause and just just for just to make a note of you can Mm -hmm. mark it and uh you don't owe me anything but you owe yourself to answer this Okay, Um, I think you're minimizing a lot of things that are very that are revealing in Scripture about the continuity between the end time and marriage. He's in other words, and you don't have to answer me now unless you want to. But why would God say, "Women cover your head" because of the angels? Apparently, there's a reason for that. Okay. And it's going back to apparently these women were responsible for, and the husbands were as well. Notice Noah. Noah was perfect in all his generations. Plural. It's not his, the people alive and born at his time. It's his generation. It's the product of his seed, his offspring. That was perfect. He did not have that corrupt violence to his uh, genetic makeup. You see, mm. so uh, and even after the Bible says some of you have entertained angels unwares, man. Two verses later, why would it say whoremongers and adulterers will God judge? It just has to do with that sexual sin. Uh, everywhere you see it, it's a connection with. And of course, First uh, Peter or Second Peter, chapter four, uh, chapter two, verse four through six, I think, or First Peter. I get it mixed up. I got it written down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Man, it goes right into. Uh, Noah's day—it's always connected with the flood and with those uh, with those angels. Now, that's just something to consider, and just you owe to yourself not to minimize and deflect that. Okay. Well, uh, well yeah.
0: Do, well, the whole because the angels thing—I mean, obviously that's a mysterious verse. I don't know for sure what that means, but again, I feel like that's this is where the Nephilim crowd they kind of specialize on these vague verses but but here's the thing let's just say that you're right that women ought to have power over the head because of the angels meaning uh, they would be in danger of some kind of sexual activity between them and angels well look at how wicked women are today and even in churches they don't have power on their head So shouldn't we be having a big problem with that? I mean, you know, all the problems that we see Paul warn about in churches, you know, we've seen the fulfillment of those things everywhere, but I've yet to see, you know, women who are not in authority under their husbands, you know, get pregnant by an angel. You know, there's, you know, so it's like, he, he sounds like he's given a pretty stern warning right there. So if the consequences are what you're saying we mm-hmm. should have that all over the place and, and i've never yeah. seen
1: it that's a good point brother um because actually uh look at a picture of my wife right now she's got an autoimmune thing where she has to have her hair short because she can't you know messes her up to even fix it and do mm-hmm. some things so her you know things like that what a rebellious woman she is mm-hmm. but uh but um <laughs> it's it seems to indicate for some reason that's written though about the mm-hmm. angels unaware and um uh, it looks like that person, that woman's that She, she probably not real and subservient to her husband, and could be had. Okay, that's mm-hmm. apparently what the the implication is there. But there's so much that you know uh, in 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 a court of law, you don't have to have a smoking gun. You, we call it the totality of the evidence, or the totality of the of the circumstances. How many of these coincidences, or how many of these things? that are linked together and how many other doctrines do you adhere to that don't have the support that this one does. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, this is what I believe. And, uh, you, you, it's just that it's just belief on my part that your system of reform theology demands that this go away <laughs> because, and I'll I say, this. I, I don't think it does. Well, I can and one thing too, um, because I don't want to—I'm not trying to skirt your question about the U.S. That's a very good point that needs to be answered. Because you said, "Hey, there's not giants walking around today," and we'll never confuse these giants with the giant today. What we see, you know, the the eight-foot-tall people and things like that—those um, are weak people who have a pituitary gland overload, overproduction of a pituitary gland, and their bodies grew faster than they then their bones can hold it. And those are gentle giants. Those are very weak people that have braces and crutches, and they don't live very long. That's a genetic defect. Nothing like this. When the Bible speaks of the ogre and Goliath, and it's always connected with iron, that's a clue about something in the future as well. But it will always have, show the weight of his, his armor and his, his spearhead and things like that and just to show that these guys are have physical prowess and strong and, and are just... Uh, paragon in their society, uh, and things like that. So much different, never to be confused with, mm-hmm. you know, folks would say, Oh, they're big men today. And you, you mentioned the cedars. And again, I don't, <laughs> I don't have any reason to think that they're any taller than what the Bible says, you know, cubits. And, uh, you know, and sometimes when the Bible mentions a cubit measurement, it'll say the cubit of a man Well, mm-hmm. what other kind of cubit, apparently a cubit of a giant. Was mm-hmm. implicated there. You see, a cubit. He'll say after the cubit of a man, this was this measurement. So Goliath, about about nine foot, maybe uh, nine foot nine inches, depending on what a span is. Mm-hmm. Uh, differences on that, but a cubit's about eighteen inches, pretty much uh, settled on that. But mm-hmm. um, one thing, brother, in a, that that you're that I believe you're, you're you're again your calculations. We could say so many things that we agree with. But that one calculation that gets off down the road, it will take you a mile away from the truth. And you are speaking of sons of God. There is, and you can, again, I don't want to, this is not smoke and mirrors, sleight of hand. I'm not trying to talk fast and go on. And uh, people, anyone, you, yourself, and anyone hearing must deal with this. There is no one who is born again. In the old testament there is no no son of god no individual son of god not to be confused with corporate sonship adam was a son of god you were right to mention in mm-hmm. luke chapter 3 he was a son of god because he was a, a son of god is someone who is who is sinless at the time of their creation and that's why the jews took up stones when jesus said i'm son of god they took up stones of stone and they knew exactly what that that meant well why wouldn't those jews have said well i know what sons of god are those are people that are born again no no they, they were ready to kill him, okay? Because there are no sons of God. Uh, an angel is sinless at its creation. That is a son of God. Adam was sinless at his creation, son of God. You and me are born again. We are new creatures. You can't be a son of God until you're born again. And there is no new birth without a resurrected Savior. Therefore, in the Old Testament uh there, I'm not you know we've talked about this I do not believe that a man was saved by works in Old Testament but the object of his faith was different okay it's always the revealed promises of God that saved a man. I know I'm all my Romanite friends would probably ostracize me for that but I would be willing to have a conversation with any of them about that. Uh, that's one thing that we part company on uh, again, you and me are saved. you know how we're saved by, by believing the revealed promises of God what is that? That that resurrected Savior, if you will believe on him and trust him as your savior, you will have eternal life and you will be a son of God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, though, uh, the object, the prom it's the revealed promises of God, but those promises were different. Now, because the reason is, man, you go to Genesis chapter five and you see that God was born, that Adam was in the image of God. Adam or verse five, somewhere in there, and it says, Adam begat a son after his image. And he didn't have the image of God anymore. He lost that image in what he took of the forbidden fruit. And every man since then, see, we're born in the image of Adam. That's why the Bible says in the New Testament, in Adam all die. I got saved when I was 21 years old. For 21 years of my life, I was not in Christ. I was in Adam until I was born again. You'll never find an individual that is a son of God in the Old Testament, an individual human being that is a son of God in the Old Testament. Now, corporately, Israel is the son of God as a nation. They have national sonship corporately, you see.
0: Yeah, see, and I think this is where, you know, dispensationalism gets you in a lot of trouble, too, because um, I, I think you're dead wrong on that, because when it comes to for when it comes to salvation, do you really know that the basis of our gospel that we preach comes from Genesis. I mean the Apostle Paul, when he is explaining a salvation, when he's proving a salvation that is by faith and without works, he uses Abraham as the proof of that. And in and one of the most I think key verses that we see in Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says as it is written I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were so understand God considered Abraham a father of many nations before he had any children why because he had the promise of it and and you and I had talked about this before But with God, the promise of something is as good as, you know, the present possession of it. And so understand when God promised a seed, when God promised a Savior in the Old Testament, those who are of faith and believed on it, they were saved just like we are. And They were saved without works. How was Abraham saved? In circumcision and uncircumcision. Paul answers that. It was an Uncircumcision. Uh you know, it was it wasn't of works, and so they, they were the son. They were the sons of God. They were born again. Now Question. they good.
1: I'm sorry, I just I don't want you to lose. Again, you you charge the, the advocates of my position that we're reading something in. You don't see that from Genesis because it's not. Does it mm. specifically say that, friend? I hold you to the same standard. Okay. Show me where. Show me where any of them are called sons of God yet, and also. Uh, answer the you know if you've got an answer for the question why did the Jews want to stone Jesus for calling himself the Son of God if not why did they say okay he's born again like us you see uh, that's something to be considered but continue on right
0: yes so and, and again the fact that it, it doesn't prove something is false if you have to go to another book to prove something I'm right. just I bring that up because I'm just saying if I'm back in in the days of Israel, when they're going to the promised land and I'm reading the book of Genesis, I'm never going to get angels from that. And, and and the thing is we're looking at a historical story of their history. And I just don't understand how, if I'm going into the promised land and this is all I have, and I'm reading this, I'm never going to get angels from it. And so that's, that's why I think it's, that's important. But again, Yes, uh, there's a lot of things. We go to other parts of the Bible, especially when it comes to things that the New Testament specifically says was hidden. It, now, when it comes to many aspects of the gospel, of the Messiah, of you know the taking away of sins of the earth, it was in the Old Testament, but certain things were hidden from them that God revealed later. And it's the same thing too with the sons of God. You know, it. Um, I do believe. You know, Abraham was a son of God. I believe he was born again. Now, did the Jews during Jesus' day had that been revealed to them yet? Those truths. No. And so I can see why they would have got mad. You know, when they heard that. But I think it's. I think it's foolish for us today, uh, who have had the New Testament preached to us, that reveals the things that were hidden in the old testament to look back at them and to say that they were not born again to say that they were not the sons of god because they most they to me they most definitely were and uh i mean uh and and i you know i know uh, most dispensationalists you know they believe that when they died in the old testament you know they uh they went to uh paradise or the heart of the earth or abraham's bosom uh in because they couldn't go to heaven because the you know the blood hasn't been shed yet. The resurrection hasn't happened yet, but you know the Bible says in the Old Testament, "Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints." You know, why mm-hmm. is that precious if they're going someplace where God isn't? You know, it, it, you know that doesn't seem like there's any uh, there's any benefit to that. You know, what in the world were uh, I, I can understand what Elijah was doing on the Mount of Transfiguration, but you know. But Moses, you know, how did he get out of, uh, you know, good hell in the heart of the earth or, you know, paradise or whatever? You know, there's, there's it, it, it creates a lot of problems if you have that belief. But what dispensationalists do is they take the things that God revealed in the New Testament and assume that they were not there in the Old Testament. No, those things were always there. They just were not fully understood, fully manifested until the New Testament and so it was the same thing with salvation and so when people ask you know so how did they get into heaven without the blood of Christ they got in on credit you know because God promised it and when if God promises something it's as good as having it that's why behold beloved now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be you know uh, we we don't have the full package yet but we have the promise So we are the sons of God, you know, Mm -hmm. we are, um, you know, we're saved, you know, even though look at us, you know, we're still in this flesh, but because of uh, the fact that salvation, it comes through faith in Jesus Christ and that it's a gift, we have the promise of it. And so the Bible always does that. And God has been doing that since the beginning of time. So uh, again, it's to, to especially with what has been revealed in the new Testament to say that they weren't sons of God yeah. in the old Testament, I think is a huge, huge stretch.
1: Well, one thing that I noticed, you know, there's a lot of what you said I do agree with. They were saved on credit. I, mm-hmm. I do agree with that. God was forgiving sins throughout the, throughout the old Testament, but without a proper basis, Jesus Christ is that proper basis. Again. Uh, yeah. There's uh that's a that's another topic i guess i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to run a rabbit trail about abram's bosom and things like that mm-hmm. and about the redemption the mercy seat and things like that a lot to be considered there okay mm-hmm. but um when um you said something again i, I do believe a lot of times you're conflating spiritual uh with physical and things like that mm-hmm. because you used us for example what part of you has been born again see yeah it, it, the spirit, but, it's mm-hmm. it, its your spirit. You understand you, but and when it uses that, we are it's a present possession. We have salvation. We are saved. I have mm-hmm. been saved, but when it refers to the redemption of our body, the flesh, it, we shall be saved. You understand? Mm-hmm. We shall be saved. That is future. In other words, that's when we're saved from the, from the presence of sin. We're mm-hmm. saved from the penalty of sin the moment we trust Christ as our Savior. And uh, we are being saved daily from the power of sin, and that's the, the flesh and things, you've got to make the proper is all that what I, What I, I don't know what your definition of dispensationalism is, but if dispensationalism is noting distinctions such as what I just hmm. gave you, then that is what a dispensationalist is. Or, for example, I know that you at your church on Sunday morning, you're not going to bring a lamb to a priest and have that thing slayed. Why not? The, because that's we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you'll notice that marked difference there, then things something changed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that is that's what that's what I'm seeing. And, and again, I I think I've told you before I'm not married to the to the term dispensationalist. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's just rightly dividing the word of truth and rightly connecting and rightly comparing spiritual things with spiritual, mm-hmm. which are words of God. First Corinthians two. That is the scriptural um method of biblical interpretation. We have a book here that is self-defining and it is self-interpreting. Yeah. And because of that, that's why we must connect, that's why we must connect Matthew chapter 24. And when we see that, he's given us a clue. He said, such as it was in the days of Noah, he's saying, hey, go back to Noah, what were they doing? marrying and giving into marriage. What's the big deal about that? They've been doing that since the Garden of Eden. That was instituted. What's the big deal? No, 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 this is something very different okay and when they're coming back uh uh i think it's in daniel chapter 2 with the toes have you noticed that iron yeah mm-hmm. clay and now got where did god make man that's let's look at daniel 2 we'll yeah
0: play. i i figured you would go there but yeah the thing is those things don't mix together and you know they these thing you know that is very it's very clear there and this is about you know two kingdom or 10 kingdoms that just Aren't going to mix, you know. It's not going to be something that that works. I, but again, yeah, I think to take that and to apply that to Nephilim coming back too. Again, if you're right, then you got to you got to lose imminency.
1: you know. No, well, brother, it's it, it, it may be a little different, and maybe my pick's different than something that you've heard before. And uh, again, this is just a, a it's an open folder where I'm at with this in Daniel seven, and I'm I'm open to correction. Uh, but there's something that I am seeing, brother, that they are here now. Okay. The, the product of the the iron mixing with the clay
0: Mm
1: -hmm. is here now. Okay. But it's, it doesn't have to be like it was back then. It's not going to be in the same, just because that was a a giant, uh, there's different times, different technology back then and a different, uh, a different objective from Satan back Mm -hmm. then as well. Uh, but that's why church history is not that valuable as far as is, as far as ranking your, you know, bolstering a position. You'll not hear me refer to what early church people believe. That doesn't mm-hmm. matter because they were wrong about a mo- lot of stuff they were wrong about. You understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we're dealing with Scripture here, so mm-hmm. times change. But uh, in Daniel chapter 2, of course, we got the, the head of gold, the, uh, the chest and the arms of uh, silver in the belly and the thighs of brass, and it goes on down to the legs of iron, and we we see those are kingdoms, world powers, mm-hmm. Gentile rulers, and but uh, something, at the last days, this thing, right there syncing up with the days of Noah, you've got iron mixed with clay, where does it say that, in verse 41, you know, up halfway mm-hmm. through there, for as much as I saw it, iron mixed with miry clay, verse 42, <clears throat> and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay. And I'll remind you, clay is humanity, man. Uh, he he made man from the dust of the ground. Uh, how many times do we see references to us being the the clay and the potter's hand? I don't think I would have to lean on you hard at all to to say mm-hmm. clay represents humanity and iron represents uh, something else. And it's got the iron mixed with clay and um, uh, partly strong and partly broken. Whereas verse 43 Thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay; they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men; they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Again, that's that's that doesn't contradict Genesis six either, because that's a hybrid. That's what uh, a hybrid's not going to continue on. But is what is what um, is apparent is that. You've got that right there that is inorganic. That is, you've got a carbon-based life form, which is humanity, mixed with an inor, mixed with inorganic material. And it is a, it's a composite creature that's partly human and partly something else. And you'll see that same creature come out again representing the, the uh, spirit of the kingdom, the kingdom of the Antichrist and things like that. It's right here, man, it's here now. Uh, and it's manifesting itself so fast with communication and, and transportation and all of the things. Um, and it's, I'd leave you to your own study to do that. And again, maybe consider what I'm saying without just readily dismissing it because it doesn't jive with what you believe. But, um, man, you, we can't deny the fact that there is already a, some things going on with that with the graphene oxide and, and uh, carbonyl iron. Uh, biotechnology, uh, stem cell uh, technology, especially with the Neuralink. I don't know if you're familiar with Elon Musk's Neuralink, mm-hmm. where they are literally putting the technology that you and me are talking on. I'm on my iPhone doing this. That technology, they, they are putting that into people's skull, a, a device that connects to your neurons in your brain. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the subject with all of this artificial intelligence that's coming out, friend that's where the mingling is going because you know again this is how can i really i'm i'm these are what these are observations that i i'm getting and syncing with reality of what i'm seeing that man you know you could explain the router and the server and the the all of the mechanics of a computer but even a computer scientist cannot explain the phenomenon behind it mm. you, same way with the same way with electricity and Satan is connected with electricity. I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven, all of that stuff going on for one reason, one reason only we're, we are benefiting right now from technology, but friend, this technology is here for one reason and one reason only to get the world together. It is necessary to get the world together under the antichrist. Mm. And with, with these things are meant to be good as far as this, this technology with the, um, composite i mean the the um inorganic material mixed with a human being and at what point does that person not even a human anymore that's the question is something else so i believe that what i've said has merit and it's something to be considered and i'll let folk make their own case uh for that but yeah. i'm seeing that um in our time now so it doesn't have to be the giant such as the you know uh King of Bashan or uh, of Gath and people like that Mm -hmm. but I will i got a question for you and if you got something to say about that but remind I've reminded myself to ask you a question Mm -hmm. about Genesis Mm -hmm. okay
0: yeah let me answer answer this about uh, Deuteronomy so you know the one thing that what that people on my side I guess are up against is you know our interpretation is not near as exciting as yours I mean you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, I mean, some of the stuff it's sounds straight out of a sci-fi movie and is mm-hmm. very intriguing and very entertaining. And we love for it to be true, but unfortunately, you know, a lot of times it's the more simple, um, things that's the correct interpretation. And so if you're right that the iron and clay mixing is clay meaning man, mixing with iron that people say represents uh, the angels and one of the big basis verses for that is because Og uh, king of aishan slept on a bed of iron which it's just like that you know, you're really stretching there but all right but let's just say you're right okay clay and iron all right so then my question is then uh what's the silver what's the gold you know and the thing is, we would say because what's for sure being talked, and the, what's the brass? For sure, what's being talked about here is kingdoms. Everyone would agree. And you have, you know, Babylon, the head of gold. You know, you have the Medes and the Persians, the silver, inferior. You have the brass. You know, the Greece Empire, inferior. It, and it's key. It's it's going it's going downhill. And so now, when you have that ten kingdoms, what I believe it's a reference to. Is I think, you know, you can connect it with uh, uh, 10 horns in Revelation that represent the 10 kings of the earth. And I think what you have are you have strong kingdoms mixing with weak kingdoms. And, and we do. We have nations on this earth right now that are very advanced, that are very strong. And we have these very weak third world nations. And, you know, that kingdom, it's, it's not going to mix. It's not going to work. And it's going to be inferior to the other kingdoms. And it's going to be destroyed by jesus christ that's not near as cool as what you're talking about but i think that's i think that's what it is and so to me if the iron and clay is this hybrid you know race Mm -hmm. that that kingdom represents then i think those other metals have to represent a people too and so what was so genetically superior about them Mm -hmm. i i think those were men too I think they were i think they were all clay uh you know back th- you know back then so i you know if you follow through on that and if you follow the logic you can't consistently make that work with the rest of that passage
1: what do you what do you make of the uh the wording there then where it says they shall mingle themselves mm-hmm. with the seed of men because see that is syncing up with somebody's sons of god are mingling themselves with an unlawful mingling in in the, uh genesis 6. at least well, that's what i'm advocating but now we see that something that's not a seed of man is mingling itself with the seed of man what who's mingling with the seed of men in daniel in in these kingdoms if it's a if it's a superior kingdom in and in, aren't they all men?
0: i mean i think so but i'm just saying that the strong and we, and we're seeing that right now in our country where they're always trying to like bring everyone together but you know weak nations are weak for a reason okay and you know and it's not a it's not a racial thing but it's a, it's a cultural thing you know it's because of who their gods are and so when you look at muslim countries you know these are typically third world countries why is that because these people their ways their gods are inferior there's no doubt about it and, and so, and when we try to um, mix them in, you know, with nations that, you know, serve the true God, that have many righteous people, that have more righteous laws, those things, it, it, all it does is it creates conflict. And so, you know, look at all the junk that's going on in America right now. I mean, our country's falling apart and it is, we're trying to mix things that don't mix. And so if anything, I think this is more of a, you know, ideology or like a religious type thing. I don't think this is so much a genetic thing. I think when it comes to genes, I don't think that really matters. Um, You know, I think, but I do think, you know, your God matters, your way of life, your culture, those things, those things matter. And so we are always trying to lift up the weak, you know, by just kind of, you're bringing everyone together, but it, it just ends up destroying everything, you know, and um, that's what's happening in this country. We're not making our country better by taking people who don't want to work, who have no morality, who are, um, you know, just have major cultural problems and just trying to move them into the nicer communities, give them nice houses, give them all these things. It just brings everything down. So I I think what we see going on in Daniel is exactly what's going on in this country right now. And I think it's destroying this country. Politically,
1: Politically, Brother McMurtry, me and you would be in total agreement. I Mm -hmm. I agree with what you said about your political view. I think we would be Mm -hmm. syncing up well. But if I was in your position right now on the other side, wouldn't you really press me on that? why that's worded that way, because we do believe these words are truth, don't we? And well, there is right. someone that is sinking. There is a seed that is not the seed, of, that is mingling with mm-hmm. seed of men. You don't have to answer me that. You don't owe me, you owe it to yourself to consider that, please. Well,
0: right, but, you gotta, I, but the thing is, this is a symbolic passage. I mean, it's a dream. It's a vision. It's It's an image that's representing kingdoms. I mean, these are not literal things being spoken of here but you got to understand the mic, you know the mixing of angels with humans that is a very literal thing and we're talking about kingdoms and political powers here and so the fact that it uses that term um you know it's it's just a way to illustrate something and often things are referred to as shes in the bible it doesn't mean that's an actual female you know it's just
1: yeah i understand
0: so it's a representation and that's exactly what this entire chapter is it's a it's a vision it's a representation and it is it is a mystery
1: but it also syncs up with reality, with history. I think you, we would both agree to that. that the, you know, the iron with Rome and, and things like that. We can see Persia, Grecia mm-hmm. on the way. And yeah. we see, there's so many things to that. The specific gravity, it's top, heavy. you can see human collapse in that mm-hmm. thing. It, it's a, the, as the value gets lower, but it gets stronger, but less weight and things. It's, it's there's a lot and, there.
0: And those kingdoms too, they, they were they were very strong for a reason. And one of the reasons they were so strong, too. I mean, they were they were pretty cruel. You know, they got to where they were with the sword. They wiped out a lot of people. And uh, you know, let's just face it: if we're just trying to build a utopia, uh, and and there is no God, then you know what? We do have undesirables in this world. You know, yeah. who do not contribute to society, who uh, are not beneficial to the gene pool. And things like that and and it would be better for the health and a lot of things to just kind of wipe these people out and and obviously as Christians you know we would have no part in that we would not support that in any way you know we're looking we're not looking to build a utopia here in this earth we're trying to build a spiritual kingdom and so we see all people as valuable and as, as souls but you got to understand one of the things that's killing our country right now, so messed up in our government, you know, is this, you know, they're, they're not only trying to lift up the undesirables, but you know, they're they're promoting the wickedness that makes them undesirable, that destroys their culture. And so when you're, you know, when you're promoting, you know, the sodomite lifestyle, mm-hmm. I mean, you're literally promoting something that the Bible teaches causes the land to vomit out the inhabitants, you know, and uh, they they're constantly uh, they they've created a system, you know, where there's always going to be a dependent class. Uh, when these people, they need to learn to just get out and work and do something, and so we've we do have the strong, we do, ha- and that's why we've done as well as we have in this country. We do have those who are strong, those who are very productive, that have been able to build things and they've made life easy. But because we've made things so easy, we're bringing in all this clay. And eventually, it's going to destroy it all. And so, and, you know, and, and, and these are political things that we, we can see before our own eyes. And that's exactly what's being described here um, in, in Daniel. And I do, I think eventually too, we're seeing it right now, you know, you got what's going on in Sri Lanka, there's a lot of other places where, I mean, there is major turmoil right now. There's major problems. And what do we see? You know, we always see countries like ours, we're gonna come to the rescue. You know, but the problem is, these people are suffering for a reason. You know, we look how much money we spent in Iraq and Afghanistan. They don't want our form of government. They don't want our kind of laws they serve a different god they serve allah you know we did nothing to strengthen our nation by going in there we only weakened it and the more we try to get involved in these other countries the more the iron the more the strong gets involved with these weaker countries the more we're going to destroy ourselves and i think that's eventually how we're going to go down you know they all we are all going to come together one day have a one world government a one world currency and the strong are not meant to mix with these other countries, and so guess what? It's all going down. You know, once that once that happens, so that that's what that's talking about. That's not talking about human angels. That just I don't think it ever happened, and I for sure don't think it ever is going to happen again. And if your only basis on on that is Daniel chapter two, well, that's really weak because what I'm explaining makes a lot more sense. It's something we can see happening right now before our own eyes. And then, too, as in the days of Noah, there's no doubt, especially when you go to Luke. That just means the same day. That's all it means. It's going to suddenly happen. And just like, you know, Noah, now understand, Noah saw the flood coming, but the rest of the world didn't. And I believe we will see, you know, Jesus coming. We're going to know when it's getting close but the rest of the world's gonna ignore things. They're gonna go on their way, they're gonna do their own thing. And then all of a sudden, the day that we get taken out, judgment's gonna fall. The same day, like in the days of Noah, like in the days of Lot. They pulled Lot out, same day, fire and brimstone. That That's all that means.
1: Well, you, you sync that up with, and, and with the political machinery of our day, with uh, the uh phony wars and all that stuff and the weakening of our nation and things like that. Um, but can you not see the the merit in also the organic and the inorganic mixing today with with uh, biotech and stuff like that as well. I mean that's here today. It wasn't right. here twenty years ago. It's here today and it's it is a snowball of it. That thing's moving fast, man. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have uh a composite creature at some point. And see, that's where Satan can enter in to people just like he, you know, he doesn't, best I can understand about Satan, he doesn't create life, but he inhabits and Mm. uh, he needs a host, sort of like the swine or like Judas, you Mm. see. And at some point, when does Satan enter that thing? You understand? And and if he's uh, all this technology, things that we, and you see that that's what is so important. The all important verse uh, that um, connects this is what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, the thing that hath been is that which shall be done, mm. the thing which uh, shall be done is that which, uh, the thing which is now is which that has been done or so I, I messed that up, but you, there's right. nothing new under the sun, and then right. he goes on to say in verse 11, the former things will not be remembered, people aren't going to remember, uh, it's been well said, the only thing men learn from history is that men never mm. learn from history, and so with noah he's he's giving you again you you're going to have to at least answer that to yourself some point why does he mention marriage what's the big deal about marriage why is he mentioning marriage again uh, equating that with the last days when that's been all the days we wouldn't have last days that people weren't marrying and giving into marriage Uh, so with that that's uh Uh, yeah
0: i think you're just i I think you're putting more into it than you need to. I think it's just, just a reference that you know they're they're going on with life, you know. And I think you, um, you know, you can just kind of overly focus on that and connect it with something that doesn't really need to be connected with. You know, we got to just get to the main point. What is what is the point he's trying to make? The point he's well,
1: when trying I'm to. What I'm connecting is what I'm connecting though. When I'm seeing, I mean, when we go to Book of Jude, right? Mm-hmm. He mentions the. Uh, the angels that kept not their first estate. But he mentions two other things of God's judgment, doesn't he? He mentions the uh, days of Aaron's day with the golden calf. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. And then he mentions the angels that kept not their first estate. Then he mentions Sodom. And you know what they all are connected by? I'm looking for continuity in everything that I teach and advocate. You know what the continuity there is? Mm -hmm. Every one of those judgments were uh, connected with sexual sin. Mm -hmm. Every one of them.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, like I said, I... I think when it comes to, you know, sexual sin and stuff like that, yeah, that is that's a mark of a, you know, depraved society and uh we've definitely got that going on. But, you know, so You
1: just you know what you just did though? I'm uh, surprised. I'm very surprised. I don't know if you realized it. I'm not mm. trying to have a gotcha moment now, mm. okay? But you just agreed that the angels were were charged with sexual sin in the book of Jude.
0: No, not necessarily no, not that. I'm just saying, you know, what you said about the a bad society you know, that what is that's
1: you, Yeah. What would you say the angels of, uh, that kept not their first estate are? I don't know. You yeah, know, I'll admit that. Could I, they I, could it be because there are, is there a probability space somewhere in you that it could be the angels that kept not their first estate that co-inhabited with women?
0: Well, un, so again, just because something is possible, you know, doesn't to me, doesn't give proof. Okay. Now, if the Bible, if I was convinced that the Bible taught that, uh, angels cohabited with man, then I would say that's probably what it was. Um, I'm not convinced of that. So I wouldn't use that as a proof text. So, uh, because it doesn't explicitly explain in there what it was that they did, then I would have to assume that it was just the angels that followed after Lucifer and, you know, left their, their place in heaven, and were cast down to the earth. You know, it doesn't explicitly say that either uh, in ask, the book of Jude. Can I ask Jude. you a
1: question? Mm-hmm. We know for a fact that what, what I'm advocating, that that is past tense, angels that kept not their first state, or they, the angels that co-inhabited with women. Uh, you know, you, uh, if you if you know something I don't know, be my guest. Mm-hmm. But I put a huge uh, probability space... That Satan hasn't drawn the third part of the angels out yet. Yeah, that I mean, that, uh, that's that's something that's still future and uh, drawing them out with his tail, which is an interesting topic mm-hmm. itself. Okay, but uh, can I ask you a question going back to Genesis six before I forget? Unless mm-hmm. you've got something else to say in this, matter? I don't mean to. Not right. To
0: yeah, I'll just say, it. as far as like whether it was future or past, I mean, I tend to think it was past. You know, it's a vision that we're seeing in Revelation. Which could be explaining events of human history. It mm-hmm. could be explaining a future event. I, I tend to think, you know, it's the other because you know Satan's been working with somebody for a long time. So it seems to me it would have it would have already happened. But you know, yeah, you know, I'm you know, it, it's on passages like that. What I try to do is admit that this is how I interpret it based on my belief on this and this and this. This is how it would fit. Mm-hmm. But I don't use it as a proof text. this okay. I wouldn't say this proves what I believe. And so it's the same thing with the angels that uh, left their first estate or the angels that sinned that are, that are mentioned. Um, I won't use those as proof texts for what I believe happened, but I will tell, I will interpret that based on what I believe happened. but it's not proof. And I you're think right. that that goes for you too. even if if, if you're right, you know based on your belief you should interpret those verses that way but those verses don't prove
1: what you believe but when you see like second peter chapter 2 verse 4 mm-hmm. man it don't you see a sequence there every when it mentions that and right after that it goes right back to noah you don't believe that that's something that's that's the strongest evidence that's showing Men, something happened right before noah that had to do with angels is what i what i'm advocating is this just like i mentioned that Balaam, we don't know about Balaam's mm-hmm. wickedness till we get to the new testament mm-hmm. we don't know about lot's righteousness until we get to the new we really don't know about sons of god but there's more evidence of the sons of God being angels than there is of Balaam being wicked. Well, but we agree with that you understand, because right. man, second, uh, I would, I mean, Second Peter chapter two verses four through six, man, you, they, again, you're something is causing you to deflect that. Well, no, because
0: so First Peter chapter two or Second Peter two, um, the main purpose of all those stories. Is Peter is making the point that God is going to judge false prophets. That's the whole point of that passage. It's dealing with false prophets, and so what does he do? He brings up the greatest judgments that there have been. So but he it's brings also
1: a historical narrative, isn't right? It? Right. So,
0: like but he's but he but it doesn't. But the thing is, they don't all have to be within you know a very specific time frame. I mean, the biggest judgments that are constantly referred to are mainly the flood and Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, now the flood and Sodom and Gomorrah, they're close to each other in Genesis, but they're several hundred years apart. And okay. so so when Peter is bringing these stories up, he's not putting these all in one story. He's giving examples. So you don't think God's going to deal with these false prophets, um, just like he dealt with the angels that sinned, which is why another example, reason too, I would think that the angels that left their first estate or the, drawing the third part happened before but he brings up that that's big god judged angels cast them down to hell in everlasting chains to be reserved to judgment
1: i think if i'm not mistaken brother mm-hmm. uh, just something to consider your system or what what you're advocate would demand that the angels that were drawn from heaven mm-hmm. have to have been in the past and if you if, if, if you you'll have in order to because if if they haven't Mm-hmm. And I got strong reason to think it's still yet future biblical reason, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Just something to consider. Right. So but
0: but yeah, so you know, you got angels that sinned, you've got the flood, and then you got Sodom and Gomorrah. That just proof. you know, all those things were proof that God's going to deal with sin. And so he's using that to comfort these people. God's gonna deal with false prophets. It's the exact same thing that we're seeing in Jude. You know, he's I got sneeze coming. Oh, Hopefully it went away. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But anyway, um, he, you know, that that's the point. He's not putting all those stories together. He's not putting the angels that sinned into the story at Sodom and Gomorrah, just as the, the flood in Sodom and Gomorrah aren't the same story either. These are just the big events. I would, I would personally think the angels that sinned, except it probably happened uh, at the beginning of creation. That's what it would appear, uh, based on things we read about Lucifer and Satan and Ezekiel and and Isaiah. Um, You know, there's a lot more that we don't know about that than what we do know. But, um, yeah, I said, uh, but either either way, those verses don't prove either of our points. Because Jude and 2 Peter 2, those are just passages proving God is going to deal with false prophets look at how he dealt with these other people that's that's the message
1: yeah and it's what by itself i would i would say yeah that one verse by itself doesn't in a situation like Mm -hmm. that but boy the continuity of of the the totality of the circumstance of the evidence boy we've got a lot it's at some point how many coincidences do we have to have before a thing has some merit where you can get some closure with that now um i do have a question for Mm -hmm. you And before I forget, sons of God are good guys. Daughters of men are bad guys, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Cain was a bad guy, Mm -hmm. not a son of God. Mm -hmm. He got his daughters from the line of good people. The only place he could have got his daughters, he got his wife. only place he could have got his wife from the line of Seth. Have you ever considered that?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, the thing—I mean, obviously, he married his sister, so it wouldn't have been from the line of Seth. Sure, it would have. Well, because think about this. All right, now we don't know how old Adam was when Cain was born. Right. Uh, But but we do know how old Adam was when Seth was born. He was 130. Right. We also know that Seth was born after the death of Abel. So I mean, do we really think Cain when he went away as a, you know, a fugitive and a vagabond, was all by himself for, you know, at least a couple decades. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, several decades waiting for Seth to grow up, and have kids so his daughter could grow up. Kane probably already had a wife at this point.
1: So uh, I I think well, you quick the question is it it doesn't say that now brother you're inserting a lot of conjecture on that aren't you i like, know, I, know
0: I think you got a lot more thinking he married a daughter of seth
1: I no mean. brother he this is what i'm seeing from the scripture and again mm-hmm. um if this doesn't sync up with you correct me okay mm-hmm. because it's it's very it could be very complicated sometimes people that read that narrative they think it happened and man from genesis one he'll go back all you notice how he's always going back to where he mm. started He made man then he'll say some other stuff then he'll go back mm. specifically to adam and even making the man well he he uh you know there's some interesting things man so we don't know how long came in process of time that's a big word right in process of time Cain became a tiller mm. of the ground all that stuff and abel was a herder of sheep and all of that and they talked in the field we don't know how much time went by, do we? Mm-hmm. Yet a lot. And then you ever notice after he killed his brother, he never spoke it. He obviously did, but it's not recorded that he ever spoke to Adam and Eve or heard any instruction from Adam again. Mm-hmm. Yet Eve knew he killed. Remember, she said, I've got me a man from the Lord, uh, God who, uh, Cain slew mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and when I, I have had, the way I look at this, and I've had to think about this, you know, a lot of times we don't get away. We don't God doesn't deal with us about our grievous sins the next day or the next mm-hmm. minute either. But we look at it like, man, by the time the sun's going down, where's your brother? At? Where mm-hmm. where's he at? His blood's trying to run uh that man, we don't there could have been a ton of time, a season where he thought he would got away with that. Mm-hmm. And now God, this is a long time because by the time that it came is even talking to God he says everyone that finds me'll slay me the implication is there I have to believe there's people out there you see mm-hmm. now that that between uh that verse where he slew him and spoke with God man that's when Cain uh sorry that's when Adam had Seth who had, and I've done the numbers on that thing, man. I mean, I was very conservative and I'm not a big math guy. That's not, not one of my strengths is computation, but man, mm-hmm. I've looked at Adam's lifespan from when he had Seth and man, the numbers are when, are the, the, the um, compounding of human life is overwhelming. How many people, uh, if, if I gave him a, a genetic, um, <laughs> The viability of Adam's genetic process would give him 500 years. And I think I'm very conservative with that. After that, give him 500 years and they were told to be fruitful and multiply. I'm going to be very conservative and say if they had one child every three years. Mm-hmm. And by that time, and you do the, the math, I forgot how many 250 children or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but within process of a hundred years, they're starting to have children, man. By the time Adam, is still alive. And there's like 125,000 people just as a product of that one child, Seth, and his Mm. offspring. And by the time you get about three or four from Adam, it's overwhelming. Multiplied millions of people. It Mm. it is, And sometimes we don't realize that until we really process that. Mm. So there's a lot of people. But friend, I assert that the only place that not son of God, Seth, could have got his wife was from. Uh, not uh, from a uh, line of Seth. And if you assert that they are the good guys, that's totally backwards from what you're launching from. Yeah, well, I think it's almost impossible
0: that he got a wife from Seth. I think, I don't, I mean, I don't think that's even close to possible, but even if it was too, you got to understand that, you know, especially back in that day, um, you know, the, the men were the authority. You know, it was, you know, you didn't give your sons away, you gave your daughters away because you had an inheritance, and even um, you know, even back then, you know that God, you know, divided the land to the sons of Adam. You know, these lands were given to certain people; their names were on it, and they were raising up seed in their name. The daughters didn't really have an inheritance. You know, they they were there to basically bear children, and so the thing is. It makes sense, and it's also consistent with the Bible that if Cain's got this evil line, more than likely serving other gods and all those things, if they if the righteous line starts taking them wives, what's something that we always see in the Bible? God was always warning Israel not to you know marry these foreign women. Why? Because they're going to turn your hearts away mm-hmm. from from God, and that's what would always happen too. That's what happened with Solomon, and so the you know they weren't supposed to give their daughters to them and they especially weren't supposed to to take their daughters and so you know when it came to a nation you never took you know the sons from those and made them a part of you that that just never happened and so the line of seth wouldn't have done that the line of cain would have done that but we do see if you take the daughters of the evil That they typically would turn their hearts away, and I think that's just one more time we see it happening in Genesis chapter six. And uh, you know, God warned them about it. um, You know, when He gave them the law, because you know these things had already happened in their
1: history. And so, um, your system, you know, your belief will will have to. Half will demand that it could, that it has to be that way though with the with Seth uh, the Sethites and the Canaanites because any other way you would concede that it it totally um, you know son God again again daughters of men I assert that the Bible teaches it has a lot now you, that's a lot of scripture mm-hmm. that it's it's just all all human females mm-hmm. not just one category of females right
0: well again in daughters of men mixing in. With that line, you know, okay, would one have been able to corrupt an entire nation? You know, uh, you know how many? You know, you, obviously that's why you keep you keep it out completely. But again, that is that is that's a huge stretch to assume that you know you've got Cain and Abel, probably grown men. You have Abel dead, and then you have Seth born, and to assume that Cain never had a wife until you know Seth had a child old enough. To marry Cain is a massive leap. When we read our Bible, you know it is. You know from our Sunday school uh, flannel graphs that we saw growing up. You know when Cain killed Abel, there was only four people on the earth during that time. Mm-hmm. But were there only four people on the earth during that time? You know, we don't know. Well, did,
1: did, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: According to the scriptures. It looks like there was because you've got Seth born after Abel is dead, mm-hmm. and that's the generations of Adam. Why else would we think it anything other than that? Now that well, wouldn't be mm-hmm. a leap of conjecture. Well,
0: no, because again, what? Like, here's the thing too about the problem with the Nephilim doctrine too. If you are, and I, I made, I, I really drove this point home when I was preaching through Genesis four, five, and six. If you are right about the Nephilim doctrine. Then we've got a lot of stories in Genesis chapter 4 that really go nowhere. The story of Lamech and his two wives and him killing a man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go anywhere. There's there's no point to it. But mm-hmm. if I'm right, it makes perfect sense what's going on. It's showing the beginning of violence going on in the earth. It's showing that it's showing a contrast between the line of Seth where you have Enoch and the line of Cain where you have Lamech. That and that, that that's what it's doing. So ne- then everything makes sense in there. So um you know the, the the so what we're seeing in the book of Genesis is again Adam, the federal head of mankind, has fallen. He has rebelled against God. Of course, God is now looking for someone You know, Adam's had two sons, and he's going to, uh, that the seed is going to come from. God God chose Abel. Okay? Now, now here's the thing, too. This is just an assumption, but it is high. it's very possible that Adam and Eve had many other children, even other sons besides Cain and Abel. Okay? I'm assuming it. But you know, I, I don't know that for but here's the here's the thing, what I'm saying you is don't though you
1: can't get away with saying that, sir.
0: But no, here's here's why I'm saying this though. For some reason, when you know, though, when it came time to bring offerings, it's just about God was looking to choose. And it was just between those two. Maybe the other boys were really young, you know, and but God was looking for those two. And for whatever reason, when uh, Abel died and and then Seth was born. Somehow Eve understood, and I don't know how you know how she understood this. I don't know if God told her what, but she. Uh, some people even say too that she thought he was the Messiah because she named him Seth, which means appointed. Uh, she says God had to appoint me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. She kind of saw him as a replacement. Of that, but even then, okay, when we're talking about the line of Seth, okay, versus the line of, um, you know, the line of Cain. Well, was it about Seth, or was it about Enos? Because it mentions that he begat Enos, and it was in his day that men began to call on the Lord. So maybe we're not so much about this line of Seth. Maybe it's about this line of Enos. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying what we're seeing in Genesis is God looking for a man to raise up a nation with. That the seed's going to come from. Originally, it was Abel instead of Cain. Cain killed him. Then it was, and But then we see Seth, which is who Eve thinks it is. We don't see anywhere where God said it's Seth. We don't see anywhere where God said it's Enos or anything like that. The next name that we see that is clearly someone chosen by God is Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And even though God had determined to wipe out man, God determined he was going to save Noah and his family. And you know what? After Noah... We don't see God choosing another man. We don't see God choosing Shem. You know, we we see that all of Noah's family, I think, were a, were to be a part of the nation, but they all messed up at Babel, and then after Babel, through all that, God ends up calling out Abraham, Abraham. Yeah. and and then you know we agree from there on out. But I think sure. everything that we're seeing in the Bible before Abraham is just a very brief. Uh, summary, just sh- kind of hitting the highlights of God as he's trying to choose a man, you know, that uh, that the seed's going to come from. And because again, the Old Testament, a lot of people today, they make it all about Israel. No, it's all about the seed. It's all about the Messiah that just happened to come from Israel. He is what was important. and And so... Uh, at the end of the day, you know, know, that's what it's all about. And I I think a lot of these, a lot of this weird stuff from before Genesis, I think we're pulling sci-fi type stories out that are super interesting. Mm -hmm. But if we actually focus on, wait a minute, what is the main point of -hmm. this story? The main point is God's looking for a man to raise up the seed from. And when you, when you look at it in a more simple way like that, with that in mind, you kind of realize this other stuff's pointless. And then all these little details make sense. Every then everything mentioned in four, five, and six all make sense. So
1: when it ahead. comes to I'm sorry, uh uh Um, When it comes to the sci-fi thing, um, it's a chicken or egg thing, which came first. Uh, Sci-fi in Greek mythology gets its uh, ideas from Scripture. I mean, you ever seen King Kong? You see that in Judges with Samson. Beauty killed the beast, man. Uh, That's uh, Superman, all of that stuff. I see Lord of the Rings, that the elves lost their mortality if they would— Co-inhabit with women. Sci-fi is getting their ideas from scripture, not Mm. not the other way around. Folk legend comes. uh, Scripture is not based upon Greek mythology. Greek mythology is based upon scripture. I think you probably agree with that. I mean, see, those things were here before. You got to think, man. Where did these, who are these guys, Jupiter and Mercurius, and these, these gods have fallen from heaven that the Athenians believe there's something that they, that's, that carries over from folk legend and things Mm -hmm. as well. But that legend carries over from a reality that happened on this earth. And, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) but those
0: are a perversion of the truth. And I feel like sometimes Christians are trying to make them fit with each other. And it's like, you know, you're still kind of. I, I,
1: yeah, this is what uh, something that uh, you would probably agree with. When we speak of rightly dividing the word of truth and, mm. and properly connecting the word of truth. I believe that um, I am being responsible with that. Like there's certain things. My body connects a certain way. I can't stand to see a contortionist. I don't want to see a person wrap their toe around and stick it in their left ear, their right toe. That makes me sick. That's contortion. Mm. We don't want to do scriptural contortion you know, stretching things to make them fit and forcing it. And it's not natural. When scripture fits, it's a natural fit. Uh, just like if if right now I had a, a, a thread of yarn like Sherlock Holmes would do, and he's connecting everything to the bad guy, and there's yarn all over it. Man, I've got a lot of yarn, and a lot of things are, are connecting Genesis 6 to Second Peter chapter four to Daniel chapter two to Matthew twenty four to Luke seventeen to Judges I mean the Judges uh, Jude uh, and man uh, verses six through eight and many other places in the Old Testament and also your idea is predicated on the on the belief that we are born in the image of God without the new birth. Which would make us sons of God? Friend, no man. That's a that's a misconception. I don't know where you teach on that, but men are not born in the image of
0: God. Uh, yes, actually we are because, uh, you know, that's that's one of the reasons too. It's so bad to, you know, to kill people. You know, because the fact too, or um, uh, where's the one passage? I'm trying to look it up right now. Genesis nine. No, image yeah, of God the man. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So who yeah, whoso so shed man's blood by man shall his blood be shed for in the image of God, made he man.
1: And so, that's past tense. You know, what's that? That's past tense. It's referring to what he did.
0: I know, but that's why we're supposed to do that, because again, they couldn't have killed Adam, then Adam was Adam was long gone. Mm-hmm. So the the reason there's there's a difference between killing an animal and killing a man. An animal is not in the image of God. Man mm-hmm. is in the image of God. Animal and was
1: never made in the image of God though. He made no. see the Bible makes it very clear in First Corinthians chapter fifteen that we are in but we get that new image at the new birth. Why else would we need to be born again if we are already in the image of God? If we're in the image of God, we're we're sinless. We're complete. See, we're well, incomplete in Adam. See.
0: Well, first Corinthians eleven seven too. That's another verse that says, For man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But but the woman is the glory of the man. So right, you know, there's another verse too, saying we're in the image of God. So yeah. you know we and you know we're in his likeness. You know, obviously. Well, you know, like
1: a similitude and a likeness is not the same as an image. I know James says a similitude. I think, but um, uh, not to those are different different meanings. And uh, where's the man and the woman though? That, uh,
0: uh, that's First Corinthians eleven seven. Eleven seven. But yeah. So we ought not to cover our head because we ought. He is the image and glory of God.
1: And uh, okay. that's
0: telling us something right now. We're not supposed to do because you know we're the image of God.
1: Yeah, and you know what that is though? That's relational. In the home, he is the image and glory of God, which is the the covering of God. It's the glory is a is is synonymous with covering. You'll see that it's synonymous with light, uh, just like the brightness of his glory, and with covering the glory of our bodies. That has to do with our covering. That man covers that woman with the protection of God. Image and it's used relational. That's a uh, a what. A comparative statement that's not a that's not a soteriological statement that's a a statement of comparison of uh, uh practical comparative statement there
0: well i I, no. I i guess i don't know what to say about that because i mean again that's why murder is so bad death penalty clearly instituted genesis 9 because mm-hmm. you know we're, we're the image of god and then it says the same thing there in First Corinthians eleven. I but
1: aren't mean, we in the image we, of Adam? There's a difference between Seth being in the image of Adam. That's something that I don't mean to bog you down on or anything. Something to consider though. Why does Seth Adam was an image of God? What did he lose? What what part of him died the day that he took of the forbidden, forbidden fruit? He he lost that image. His spirit died, man. See I mean, he right. killed.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he died spiritually, but you know, he still looked the same. He's still a man. Made in the image of God, he's fallen. Like
1: I didn't look any different after I got saved, right? See, uh, mm-hmm. because that's it's it, that my spirit was born again. See, I, I had life infused into me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you, we don't get our doctrine from songs, but our carol angel sings, Adam's likeness now he faced, Stamp mm-hmm. that image in his place. Last Adam, second Adam from mm-hmm. above, reinstate us in the love. He's getting that from that concept, you know, right. Not that, but uh, that's. Something to consider because if that, again, uh, there's no sons of God, no Old Testament, no human beings. We didn't look at Job. I don't know how much time we have. My phone's kind of flagging that it's going to not be on too much longer. Oh, okay. But um, we didn't look at Job, but I think we're familiar enough with it just to quote it. And of course, you see the sons of God shouting for joy. You know what's important about that? Mm -hmm. Is that he also uh, uh, identifies them as morning stars. And the stars again those are these the bible is self-defining stars in your bible are angels again satan drew it drew a third of the stars that's angels mm-hmm. uh the star that the wise men followed that's an angel the stars uh the angels what is it the candlesticks are the seven churches or something and mm-hmm. the, the angel the stars are the angels of the churches revelation one right. and those are the morning stars. And the sons of God. That "and" is a hendiadys, meaning the same thing. It's uh, it's common throughout your Bible.
0: Right. Well, here, yeah. Here's the thing about Job. All right, I'll try to do it briefly. because yeah, i yeah we're we're going pretty long, but first of all, Job thirty-eight seven, or Job thirty-eight. It's just God asking Job questions that He doesn't have oh, answers sure. to. None of us have okay. answers to. But we all know what verse seven is all about. Uh, I don't know what it's all about. Okay. Now. I'll, you know what? And the, I throw people off at this sometimes. I'll give you that that's angels. Okay. I don't care if you call angels, say that angels uh, can also be sons of God. A lot of people on my side have a problem with that because they go to Hebrews where it says, to which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, and they stop. But it's like, no, it says, thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. Right. Jesus I'm was the only begotten that. son of God. So I think angels can be sons of God. But I also know for sure, so are the saved, and so that w- what I do is I look at the passage and I was like, you know, are, you know, what does the evidence say? Are we talking about men? Are we talking about angels? In Genesis, I see zero evidence of angels, uh, zero. In fact, later in uh, the Book of Genesis, where we see angels, and they, they're called angels, they're also referred to as men. You know, it, in you know, so it's kind of interesting how the same writer Moses, you know, just a few chapters later, when he's writing about angels, you know, he refers to them as men. You know, so um,
1: question. that I kind of yeah, uh, I, I, that's very responsible, and I, I commend you for that because mm-hmm. you're 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 using the scriptures. I think you're I think you're an honest guy when it comes to because. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 again, you are wise to say that's not, he never said that to an angel and you know where I would go with that if I mm-hmm. got charged with that. And here, but would you agree that Job's the oldest book in the Bible and written? I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is post-flood, mm-hmm. but close to it. Wouldn't it be as close a time to the flood, Noah's flood?
0: I think it was probably around the time of Abraham. I think it was after the flood for sure.
1: Well, it's it's very close is what I'm saying yeah. as far mm-hmm. as a written book. Well, uh, it Job says something very interesting in Job chapter 4, verse 18. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. Job knew something about those angels, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't call them sons of God. He -hmm. said, His angels he charged with folly. Just another, again, that's another piece of yarn in my big room, my Sherlock Holmes investigation. You understand? Mm-hmm. And it's all syncing up with those angels that kept not the first estate and those, uh, in, uh, in all the stuff that I've said before, whatever. I said a lot of stuff. But, um, again, there's a lot of consideration and a lot of doc- doctrinal things that it must be predicated upon. Again, I assert you, it's, the burden's on you, sir, to find where there's a son of God that is a human being. After Adam lost his image, before you get to where the kingdom is at hand, because there is no kingdom of God present in the Old Testament, nowhere. That's why the kingdom's at hand. Kingdom of heaven, oh. is present. You understand? That's another story, another topic, of yeah. course. But uh, that's why the kingdom of God is spiritual. It's it's uh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's not there without Jesus Christ. See, he you cannot. A person could be saved on credit, no doubt. But as far as going into the Holy of Holies, no, sir, not till the priest puts the blood on the mercy seat.
0: See, see
1: that's why what? that's why that girl couldn't touch Jesus when he resurrected. You say, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended. Mm. You understand? He's the spotless mm. priest uh, uh presenting himself, you see. Mm. So a lot a lot of moving parts of that thing that must be considered, you know. And that, that's why I, I, I almost... I don't know whether to laugh or to lament at some folks that have all of this propositional certainty. They've got they just so certain about what they believe, but they haven't considered. Sometimes it, you might want to want to keep that thing open a little bit before you. If not, you'll trade truth for certainty. I've got to be certain. I want closure with this. Mm. Well, you'll forfeit a whole lot of truth. By doing that, you've heard it said many times. People don't have ideas; ideas have people. Mm-hmm. And some people could be so married to their ideology that they are unable to receive proper mm-hmm. instruction and in truth. So, right. Well, uh, I
0: think I think where our disconnect is is you and I have a different definition of what a dispensation is, and so because of that, like so, my belief system when it comes to the Bible is a dispensation is a revealing of more information it's not the creation of it's not always a creation of something new even though the new covenant did bring in many new things you know mm-hmm. new new high priests new sacrifices all that stuff the hebrews talks about but when it comes to salvation okay i think the bible is very clear in the new testament that the salvation that we have is the same salvation that they had in the Old Testament, but much more has been revealed. There was much that had not been revealed during the Old Testament. Uh, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection is in the Old Testament, but it was it was hidden from their eyes. And then God revealed it, you know, in the New Testament. He made those things clear. So often when when people on my side, when we go back and we look at the Old Testament, we uh, we say or I guess interpret things. We make statements and claims based on what has now been revealed to us about salvation. So because of the fact that it has been revealed that we are now the sons of God, you know that uh, because of faith in Jesus Christ, not because uh, because of the cleansing of the blood of Christ, rather than the blood of goats and all those things that God did in the past that were a picture of what was to come. We look back and I believe rightfully declare these people as saved, as saints, as sons of God, even though you won't see those terms back then. you can see allusions to it but it, without the New Testament we would ne- we would never be able to see it. So in, in your dispens in, in, you know the way you define a lot of things or interpret things with dispensations is you see more of a change in a system. And, uh, and there were some changes that came with the new covenant, but I think you change things that haven't changed. And I believe salvation has never changed. I believe
1: I would only change something where the scriptures demand that I do.
0: Okay. But you are, I, I don't believe the scriptures demand that they were not sons of God if they were saved in the old Testament. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you have this, but I, this belief, but I know a lot of dispensationalists. They don't believe they had eternal security in the Old Testament. Well, I for sure believe they had eternal security.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, to be honest with you, I'm kind of loose on this to be honest with you, but I do think they had eternal security. Okay. Yeah. Did.
0: I, yeah, now, now 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 here's the thing about that though. Um, you know, how much did they know about salvation back <laughs> then,
1: you know? How much I, did they- Old Testament doesn't reveal much at all. Yeah. You never sure. see a clear cut conversion in Old Testament.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, while it's, I think it's clear, they didn't have a full knowledge of things like we do. The Bible tells us that they spoke of those things, but they, mm-hmm. they did, but they spoke in they shadows. Not, yeah, they
1: did not yeah. understand. Right. But yeah, so
0: be, just be, so because they spoke of it doesn't mean that they understood it, you know, as it has now been revealed to us as a way, you know, that the, 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 the Apostle sure. Paul put it. So. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so we're having a disconnect in our communication because I'm looking back at these things and I'm kind of stating these things Mm -hmm. based on the revelations of the New Testament. And Mm -hmm. and I'm giving those, uh, I'm giving them credit for the things that the New Testament promises back then, even though it wasn't fully revealed during that time. Where you, on the other hand, you don't believe they had those things yet, therefore we're seeing some you know some differences and and i think that's a huge claim you know and, and i I've, I've never heard it put that way before that you know old testament saints were not sons of god or that we are not in the image of god i mean
1: i think that's man's not in the image of god until he's born again sir now we can park there if we need to and, and again that's a, that's a, if that's such a bold claim that's where, and I know we may not have time, to, but, but slow down a little bit and let's consider what's being said. That's, and I'm not telling you, mm-hmm. I'm just saying anyone mm-hmm. you've got, you've got to park and you've got to let things resonate and say, what does the scripture say? What does it say? And what does it not say? Mm-hmm. And uh, no, no, you won't have that at all until the kingdom of God is at, is it at hand and until a person is born again? There is no, without new birth, without being born again, that's when you're in the image of God, see? Hmm. And you didn't have that. Adam lost that, and friend, from that, from that point on, all the way through, God made a way to forgive sins, but forgiveness of sins, notice, you'll never see a word in the Old Testament. You might see reference to remission and things like that, but you won't see redemption. You won't see redemption until Christ, when you are bought with a price, with the blood of Jesus Christ, now... You have the image of God. Now you are in uh, eternally secure in Christ Jesus, sealed unto the day of redemption. Now you have those semantics, you see. see mm-hmm. if, 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 and I'm not, I know this would be just a wild charge, but it, it seems like if you're not careful with that, and I know you wouldn't advocate this, but if Christ, it, it's almost like what you're believing, what if Christ didn't go to the cross and die? Well, they're already saved. You understand? They're already no. They're 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 in Abraham's bosom. You see, mm-hmm. they're in Abraham's bosom. Right. Well, the if thing is, not, they can't go to heaven. Mm-hmm. They're still in paradise, and they're comforted according to Abraham what he said to the rich young. I mean, the rich young, the the rich man in hell in Luke 16. He's he's. It's a place of comfort. It's paradise. What mm-hmm. Jesus said to the people on the cross. But it's not heaven. Not well, heaven until he ascends. See? He,
0: yes. But here's something that the Bible is very clear about with God is you know same yesterday today forever impossible to lie saying what if he hadn't gone to the cross that's like saying well what if he quits interceding for us to the father I that's,
1: like yeah, saying, I if, that's like saying what if that's like
0: saying what if he doesn't come back right you know there there is no what if he doesn't with but god brother
1: that is what's so important when jesus came He's quoting Old Testament scripture about delivering the captives. Mm-hmm. Who are the captives? The captives are the captivity. That's physical captivity, of course, but it's also spiritual captivity. There's mm-hmm. both. He's talking about Israel. He led captivity captive. He went down those lower parts of the earth. See, that's that's bringing them out. That's after after the resurrection, and that's what's happening. He Now now you can go into the Holy of Holies, which is depicted in the Old Testament as the uh, tabernacle of the priest. But boy, that thing. See, the... And, and I know we could get into all kind of interesting things, but you would probably conflate the church in the wilderness, Israel as with the new Testament church. And they're very different. They're very well, different. yeah,
0: because God reformed the church in the wilderness. So yes, they're, they're different because, you know, the time of reformation okay, came. You so, but, yeah. but they're still the same thing. They're just reformed. So, okay. um, but, uh, uh, the, um, I just got I got sidetracked with that. Um,
1: just give us. you a quick warning too. Mm-hmm. Uh, i have like I think I got like five percent.
0: Oh okay. Yeah. Well, we be- yeah we better shut it down no then. But um,
1: thank you for hosting me. I appreciate
0: you. Yeah. No. I I definitely enjoyed the conversation. I think it's interesting, and I, I I think you know these are the things we got. You know, we need to talk about. I think it's good to you know look at kind of your your her- hermeneutic for things, and I just I think you know. I, I feel like the my position is just way more consistent and stronger with the Bible. I, I and I feel like um, there's just there's major flaws with kind of where you're coming from, and I just I can't interpret the Bible that way, and feel like I'm being honest with the scriptures. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I see why these things are uh, inviting. You know, it, it's it's entertaining, interesting stuff, but it's just. I think it really complicates the Bible in ways that it doesn't need to and I think it it doesn't line up you know with reality and um you know so I I it, it's one of those, I would I'd love to believe the Nephilim doctrine. I really would. You know, I, I if I could pick, you know, based you know on what which doctrine is cooler, it's mm-hmm. definitely that one, but I'm just yeah. I, I'm I'm not I'm not seeing it and uh, so I think that
1: Never violate your conscience by believing, Mm -hmm. uh, adhering to something that you just don't believe. If you're not seeing that or able, or if you're not receiving that, Mm you may you may want to pray about why you're not and what you're attached to, and just kind of just turn over some rocks in your in your own life, in your own backyard, as far as your your um, just I mean everything from your soteriological Mm -hmm. uh, understanding and eschatological. eschatology, that's end time stuff, uh, something, a, again, I think it's all going to be tethered to that Reformed theology. It's like a, I, I think this is what I do believe, brother, that it, what your, what your Reformed, I'm sorry, Reformed theology, I apologize. Mm. Uh, yeah. Your um, replacement. <laughs> replacement theology is, is like, it's like a systemic blood poison that that will, um, it will, Poison every aspect of your ministry and of your message, and of it—it's it, like a giant black hole that sucks every other little thing into it. It's subservient to subservient to that ideology, and that's where I see danger. Right. Well, what yeah. And,
0: but at the, at the same time, too. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, that's how you see it. But I also know too that. I think it does hold up to scrutiny real well. I think it makes the Bible far more clear and I, I believe what you're talking about I mean I, I think you're going into some dangerous territory you know when you start separating uh, the gospel the kingdom from the gospel of, or the yeah the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God uh, when you know yeah. these I, I you're going into kind of vein jangling. There is no profit in you know where you're going with this other than Entertainment, as as far as I'm concerned, I think it complicates the gospel greatly. I think replacement theology, it does. It shows that God, you know very clearly that God's always had one plan, you know, and that was Jesus Christ and the cross to redeem people from all over the world. And and I think you probably agree with some of that too. But
1: you know, I don't how think He's always had one plan. That that may be where we're different, brother. Do you believe that His original plan? was to come and establish Israel as, as a as a kingdom the kingdom was at hand what see that's why people can't explain the Sermon on the Mount. what is he saying? No no he his objective doesn't change but his methodology between point A and point Z well uh, he's like a you can't play chess with God God mm-hmm. God knows what's going to take place even if what took place didn't take place right well, he's going he's going he's the master chess player. But right, well, God his objective was it was changed in his earthly ministry. And you see that in Matthew chapter eleven, man. If you'll receive it, this is a no no, they didn't receive it. Slip you understand? No, no. That's it's not always been the same.
0: Well, receive I it. yeah, I believe that um I believe God has always known how things were gonna play out, and that was always you could say his plan A. That is his not objective, me- yeah.
1: yeah his objective. Not that's gonna, yeah, not, yeah right. right
0: now that doesn't mean that he has not given other systems throughout time that had theoretical outcomes. You know, for example, God always knew Adam was going to eat of the tree, but what if he didn't? Well, if he didn't, there would have been a different outcome. You know, but God always knew that he would. So same thing too. You know, if Israel would have accepted the Messiah, yeah, there would have been a different outcome, but God always knew that they wouldn't so so you see so the the what came to pass you see throughout the bible that god always saw it coming but it doesn't change the fact that you can also go to the old testament and look at the terms and conditions and see that there would have been other possible outcomes had they been obedient you know for example nineveh had they not repented they would have been destroyed in 40 days Mm -hmm. you know in fact if you listen to jonah's message he didn't even give repentance in there. He just said, "Yea, in forty days, and then it should be overthrown." Yeah. Now God yeah. gave them repentance, and then guess what? That prophecy didn't come to pass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, you know, so you know, again, these are all things that, uh, you know, we can kind of end up doing stuff to kind of talk past each other and yeah. everything. But I do think it, you know, it, it's, it's best to, to focus an on. Though.
1: It's good for us to at least rip. Is, is the only thing I care about. And I know that it's valuable to you and it, and it means a lot to me to always represent you uh, honestly. Mm. And I want to be represented honestly as well. And I think we've both done that. And uh, charitably, I do appreciate that. I think there's value in that. Uh, and so even though we are definitely on you know, different planes here.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, except, you know, uh you know you referred to what i believe is like a blood poison uh you know that's fine dispensationalism i, I call mean it
1: cancer would that be better i call it systemic blood cancer yeah that's maybe. fine that's but better. yeah
0: i mean uh yeah you, you, know, d- you know dispensationalism i mean i'm trying to think of a good word i mean i i just think that's what happens if you're i'm not trying to be mean but I if
1: understand. you re, if you
0: read the bible on crack i mean I, the stuff people come up with i mean i I don't know if you've read all of *Dispensational Truth* by Larkin. What he says about the pyramids and, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. I, I'm regularly amazed at what people pull out of the the same King James Bible I'm reading, and the weird stuff all seems to come from people who are obsessed with dispensational theology. And so, yeah. I think that I think that does some severe, uh, you know, brain damage. And it is it's hard to get all that out of your system, and well, you brothers, really I- do.
1: Yeah, and if you, uh, it, it's so interesting, I could talk all day. I know I'm about to drop you. Why don't you consider this and please uh, get with me later if you if you have a topic with, about that because we could, I would, it's good to talk about these things at least to uh, see, um, I can show you everything you're wrong about. You know? There we go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think what we need to, I think maybe what we need to do is have like an honest discussion about the, um, you know, w- what Dispensational theology and replacement theology is, and how we how we look at things. Because again, how I would explain the differences between the Old Testament, and New Testament, I would use, I would call it replacement theology. You would probably call it dispensationalism. And so, um, yeah, you know, maybe we can talk more about that later, as far as like some of the specific things. Because yes, there were changes, but you know, what changed, and and why did it change? You know, that's where there can be some differences. And so there's uh, a lot of bad representations of, and, and there's bad methods of replacement theology out there too. Um, you know, same like there's all kinds of different levels of dispensationalism, you know, you've got, you know, your Ruckmanites and things like that, that, you know, take it to a hey, whole other level. To,
1: next time we talk, we got to talk about Ruckmanism a little bit. Uh, I've got a theory on Ruckman guys and it's, uh, um, not a bad, I, I don't, I don't think they're evil, but I do see an issue with them that's uh, noteworthy. But, you know, conversations like this, as we as we discuss things, um, the value in it is that truth does surface for a third party observer to to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we both see that. So for if, if there is edification, hey, even for me uh, getting challenged and edified, it's it's if there's if I can walk away a stronger Bible student because of a conversation. It's well worth it, mm-hmm. so I uh, hope we can k- agree on that part.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I said I enjoy the conversations. I think they're good, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't mind being challenged on it. I, I enjoy it, so I appreciate doing the conversation. But yeah, yeah we probably better go ahead and all right, uh, shut it down. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure people will enjoy uh, watching this, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have to do it again.
1: Yeah, let me know when you post it and send me an email about uh, possibly uh, connecting again, man. Yeah, I'll pro-
0: yeah, I, I will pro- yeah, I will definitely let you know what I what I uh, decide to do on that. So
1: Yes sir. Thank you. Pastor All right.
0: Mike. God bless you. You take care. God bless
1: you. Take care now.